on the field, and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. Tough one tonight for the crew as they lose in Philadelphia by a 4-2 score. They give up three runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. That ends up being the difference. They collect just five hits in the contest, being out hit 10-5. Kind of a tough luck loss. Not kind of, it is a tough luck loss for uh, for Aaron Ashby because Ashby went out there and he pitched pretty well. I thought Aaron Ashby pitched well. He just uh, he kind of he had some bad luck there in the eighth inning after he had gone uh, two strong innings before that, and it felt like he just kind of got dinked and dunked to death before uh, eventually coming out. And then Brad Boxberger came in after that. That's an interesting decision to be made as well. Devin Williams obviously has been struggling. You felt like that was a Devin Williams moment because it was the eighth, but at the same time, do you trust Williams right now in that spot, and I think that's an interesting thing to get into as well. If you want to join us, we're on ESPN, so a little bit different if you're a normal WTMJ listener and you've got the text number saved in your phone. You can't use that one. we got a different uh, number to call and text. It's 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. So if you want to call or text, 800-990-3776. The Twitter handle remains the same. You can tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We're here on ESPN this evening because Bucks coverage on WTMJ after the Bucks got a win against the Bulls this evening in Chicago, 111-81 to take a 2-1 series lead. So you can be a little bit more happy about what the Bucks did tonight compared to what the Brewers did tonight. But a 4-2 loss and something that we also need to bring up is just the fact that the Brewers have such a hard time against left-handers, and it goes back to last season, and I'm not one. I, I I'm not one to take things that happened with last year's team and automatically apply it to this year's team because it's a different team with different players. But the bottom line is this team is continuing to have issues. Uh, with left-handed starters, they just are. And it's hard to understand. There's guys in the lineup that you think should be having more success with lefties. And for whatever reason, it just is not happening. So we'll touch on that a little bit as well over the course of the next hour or so. Again, if you want to join the program, the way to call or text is 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. Or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers fall short against the Phillies by a 4-2 score. More in a moment here on 94.5 ESPN. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Freddy's 1-1 pitch. Hit pretty well out to left center field. Kane going back, looking up. It's going to hit off the base of the wall. Segura will jog around third. And the Phillies take a 1-0 lead on the RBI double from Bryce Harper. 4-2. Brewers fall to Philadelphia. When you get to the end of the season and you kind of look back on the year, especially if the season does not go as well as you would have liked it to go, if you miss out on the division title by a game or two, if you miss out on the playoffs by a game or two, if you miss out on a certain seeding by a game or two, you start doing the thing where you go back and you look at games uh, that were winnable. And this is one of those games. This is one of those games. Yeah, I'm a big believer in the, the whole, and this is not an original thought by me, but I'm a big believer in the idea that 
basically everybody wins 60 and everybody loses 60. So it's the other 40 or 42 games that make the difference in the year. So essentially what I'm saying is there's 40 or so games every year that determine you winning or losing those games kind of determine where you're going to end up finishing. And if you win most of those games, you're going to be in pretty good shape. If you lose most of those games, you might have a tough season. And games like this just kind of feel like one of those 40 where you really could have easily won it and you didn't. And it, it stings a little bit. The good thing about baseball is there's another one uh, coming up tomorrow. I said, um, I said coming out of the Pirates series that I was actually going to be kind of curious to watch what happened with the Pirates and the Cubs. And the reason I said that was because the Pirates had a pretty respectable record coming into their series against the Brewers. But we all know who the Pirates are, and they're not a very good team. What do the Brewers do? They sweep through the Pirates. So that start, started the question for me, okay, how, is this Pirates team better than we thought they were? Are they not as good as we thought they were? Like, Do you, do you add some credibility to what's going on uh, based upon uh, the, the Pirates and their success maybe against the Cubs? Well, the Pirates uh, win the first game of that series yesterday by a 4-3 score, and then uh, they are in action right now, and they lead the Cubs 4-2. So, I mean, the Pirates are, are putting together an okay start to the season, and the Brewers swept them. But now the Brewers are playing a much, much, much better team in Philadelphia, as uh, and, and they're a better offensive club. This is a good Philadelphia lineup. I mean, you go up and down, the fact uh, Kyle Schwarber is a good offensive player. Now he's hitting 157, but I think we all know that Kyle Schwarber is a good offensive player. He's down hitting in the sixth spot. You've got those big bats right there in the middle of the lineup. I do think it's worth noting. In fact, we got a we got a, uh, a text from Doug, and he says, "What's new? Another loss to a left-hander. Can't keep winning games with four or five hits. That catches up with you. It's Tyrone Taylor time. Lorenzo Cain is not close to what he was. He even says that it's about that time. Pull the trigger. You're going to get better results." I'm not saying you're wrong, Doug, because I like Tyrone Taylor and I I like the idea of him getting more playing time. But I also think the idea that just because Lorenzo Cain through his first nine games is hitting 143 means that that it's not going to come together for him. I, I don't buy that at all. Because if I'm not, and this is where I'm going with this. Kyle Schwarber's a good player, right? Like He was somebody who reportedly there was a little bit of interest from the Brewers. He's a very good offensive player. He's hitting 157 right now. Does anybody think that he's still going to be hitting 157? Offense is so down right now across Major League Baseball. It is crazy how down it is at the moment. Uh, the, it's, it's actually, I, I would argue it's dangerous for the game because if you want to draw casual fans, if you want your games to be exciting, and look, a, a good one nothing pitching duel here and there is great and it's fun and if the game's moving along pretty quick, but but I want to see that from like great pitchers, right? I, I want to see the one nothing, the 2-1 game when you got two great pitchers on the mound just going at it. And right now we get a lot of those games with kind of, with all due respect to all parties involved across Major League Baseball, there's just kind of just guys out there on the mound, and they're going out and they're putting up these unbelievable pitching numbers. It's a problem right now in Major League Baseball, and they have to figure out something to increase offense. So when you look up and down the Brewers' lineup, when 
Willie Adamas is hitting 176, when Christian Yelich is hitting 200, with Lorenzo Cain is hitting 143, when Colton Wong is hitting 188. I don't think those numbers are going to stay there, but at the same time, we can go look at almost, not every team, but we can look at most teams across baseball and see some of those same kind of numbers. When you look at Philadelphia, I've mentioned Schwarber hitting the 157. You got uh, uh, Reese Hoskins hitting 205. Even Bryce Harper is hitting just 241 at this point in the season. Now they've got some guys who are hitting well. Uh, JT Ramuto's out to a 320 start to the season, so they're a better hitting club. I mean, from a from an overall standpoint, the Brewers have a 205 team batting average, while the Phillies they are sitting with a 260 team batting average. So I guess my answer to Doug is. Uh, I'm not one to throw the baby out with the bathwater quite yet. It has been an underwhelming start for Lorenzo Cain. We can all agree on that. Uh, But it's also been an underwhelming start for Tyrone Taylor, right? Um, And so it's just something that they've got to get figured out. Taylor, in 25 at-bats, has struck out six times. Cain, in 28 at-bats, has struck out five times. Uh, Cain's OPS is 381. Taylor's OPS is 579. I mean, it's just, we can do the thing. Taylor's got a little bit better numbers than Lorenzo Cain, but it's not substantially different at this point. And Taylor's gotten a fair number of, of games. He's got eight games played. Lorenzo Cain has nine games played. So it's not like Lorenzo Cain's out here playing every single day. Taylor's getting pretty much as much of an opportunity. And right now, it's up to them. You want Tyrone Taylor to play more often than He's got to hit. If he, if he goes and hits, he's going to make the decision for Craig Council pretty darn easy. All right, the Brewers uh, lose in Philadelphia by a 4-2 score. Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst, he joins us in our next segment in just a moment right here on 94.5 ESPN. 4-2. Brewers lose in Philadelphia. Three of the four Philadelphia runs scoring in the bottom of the eighth inning as the Brewers had a 2-1 lead going into the eighth and could not hold on. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. A Milwaukee sports doubleheader night. It went better for the Bucks. They beat the Bulls 1-11. 81, but the Brewers end up losing to the Phillies. We are efforting Vinny Rotino. We hope to have him joining us in the uh, next few moments or so. Something I'm going to be interested in uh, from him is just the decision to go with Brad Boxberger in that moment uh, in the eighth inning. And Boxberger didn't pitch poorly. He gives up uh, a couple hits there, but Box, I mean, you're coming into a really, really tough situation in that moment. Uh, those two hits hurt, but he was he was put in a situation that was going to be very challenging to get out of there. Now we can make the argument he gave up the three runs. Maybe it feels a little bit different if it's uh, one or two runs that he gives up. He gives up the three, but it just shows that kind of the back part of the bullpen right now very much in flux uh, as Devin Williams has struggled to find the consistency and be the guy that Brewers fans obviously know that he can be. And just waiting on that is an important thing for for this team because it's look, I say this all the time. It's not so much about making sure he's Devin Williams that we know right now. It's making sure that he gets to being that guy and certainly is that guy as we get into the home stretch of the season and get into June and July and August and September. All right, let's bring in uh, Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and Bally Sports Wisconsin analyst. And Vinny, let's jump off on that. What was your takeaway on going with Boxberger in that moment in the eighth inning? Yeah, I mean, 
at the end of the day, I, I don't have a problem with that move. I, I just think, I think uh, Ashby wanted the ball. So I'm a little bit torn right here. Ashby, you could sense it on his face. He wanted the baseball. He wanted a, a chance to get out of it. He was not giving up hard contact. Um, look, uh, it's a tough call. You know, Baum is not a good fastball hitter, right? I mean, he got down the two strikes, and I thought Boxberger made a pitch that was just down enough where he was able to barrel it up and get it through the, the infield there. So it's a tough call. I don't disagree with it at the end of the day. Boxberger is one of your guys that you're going to go to. Um, and at the end of the day, they just had the ball find holes tonight, and the Brewers didn't. Yeah, that's one of the toughest decisions for a manager. Like, sometimes the pitching change makes itself just based upon the way things are going. But today wasn't one of those because, as you alluded to, Ashby was pitching really well. He was not getting hit hard. All of a sudden, for whatever reason, there in the eighth inning, uh, they, they were making contact and they were finding holes on the infield. And I always feel like that's that's really challenging for, for a manager because you're looking at it going, these are perfectly good pitches and they're not making solid contact, yet you, your, your hand is almost forced uh, at some point. I mean, it is, especially especially with a guy like Brad Boxberger waiting and ready to come into that game. He, he's got ice water in his veins. I thought that pitch he made was just a couple of inches too far down, again, so Bain could get the, the bat on it. I mean, look, this game is, is really a game of inches, and we know that. But if it's hit one foot to the, to the left, I mean, that might be a double play ball right there and to get out of the inning and the Brewers win this game. So it is just a game of inches at the end of the day. But, yes, Ashby is one of your go-to guys. He's such a weapon out of the pen and as a starter. And then also Boxburgers are a weapon out of the pen. And so, I mean, you can't really fault counsel for making that move. And uh, it, it, at the end of the day, like, it just didn't go their way tonight. Freddie Peralta, five innings, one run, three hits, six strikeouts, two walks. He gives up that run in the first inning. The first inning continues to be a bugaboo inning for him. But, man, he really settles in after that. Uh, got a lot of ground outs as well, five ground outs, no fly outs. Uh, it, uh, the swings and misses were there, but it felt like he was getting the swings and misses on strike three. Uh, you know, it, it felt like he was really pitching to guys today. Maybe even the velocity wasn't quite what it normally is, uh, but once he got through that first inning, that was pretty impressive from Peralta. It really was. It was a really good bounce-back start for him. So what I kind of see, have seen from him is that he's trying to – he's almost got like – starting to get like better command and better pitchability. And so he's almost trying to throw like a traditional starter, which I don't want him to do. Right. I think, I think he's got to continue to just rip fastballs off at the top of the zone. And then that sets up his other off speed pitches. I thought he was landing his slider really well tonight. I thought it had really good shape to a really good sweeping shape to it. In the previous starts, I think he was yanking it too much, holding onto it too much. And then he got away from, if you notice, he got away from throwing too many change-ups. Again, I think he's starting to realize he's getting better with the command and the touch and the feel. So he's like, oh, I'm going to throw more change-ups. I think he needs to not necessarily stay away from it, but just sprinkle them in every once in a while. Don't force it. Stick with your bread and butter. That fastball at the top of the zone, again, sets up everything else. I thought they did a great job of that tonight. And that's a good point by you. He was kind of pitching with, you know, not necessarily just, letting it eat and, and, you know, at the top of the zone, see what happens. I think he was pitching at the top of the zone and really commanding it up there tonight, especially with strike three. So we did see a 95 and a 96 from him tonight, too. So I, I think that's encouraging as well. 
we had the play with with McCutcheon getting called for interference, and by the letter of the law, it was probably right. But I mean, he was still in a place; his body was kind of off the line, but his arm was still in position where where he could make contact with the bag. Again, you know, letter of the law and how something is called is not always the same. It feels like you see that happen. Fairly often, and it's always accepted. What's your takeaway? And look, any time I get a chance to take a shot at Angel Hernandez, I'm probably going to do it. <laughs> but it it felt like Hernandez was kind of inserting himself in that moment. I hated that call, and I hate the rule. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not going to pull any punches on this. Like, I get it. Protect the protect the middle infield. Protect for me, it's protect the catchers. Right? They they have no protection. They're waiting for a throw to come in, and, they, and then they get blindsided by a guy. Like, I, that's, I like the new rule for the catchers. But for middle infielders, like, that's part of the game. Like, get out of the way. Like, you know, use your discretion, Angel. Like, he barely clipped him. And he was sliding straight through the bag. He just missed having connection with the bag. And once he lost connection with the bag, it, 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 the middle infielders was way up on the right field side. So I just... I don't agree with it. Uh, Angel Hernandez was then watching to make sure Angel or make sure McCutcheon gets into the dugout, and he held up play bef- until that happened. Like he's just trying to agree, trying to insert himself, trying to almost like incite a fight, pick a fight with Andrew McCutcheon, one of the most stand-up guys in the game. So I, I don't know. I, I, I hate the rule. <laughs> Vinny Rotino channeling his inner ludicrous move, <laughs> infielder, get out the way. Get out the way. All right. Uh, before I get you out of here, Colton Wong leaves the game. We heard stomach issues. It might be a stomach issue. Maybe nature called. Like, I have seen that happen before. <laughs> Vinny, did you ever remove yourself from a game because of uh, nature calling? Well, I got to tell you, I've been, I've been um, in the hole to hit, and nature was calling, and <laughs> I would have someone stand in the – in the uh, bathroom area there to make sure I was, um, you know, on deck soon, you know. So anyway, yes, I have had that situation happen. I, I've never seen it in a, in a, in a big league game. I got to be honest with you, if that is what it is. So um, keep me posted on that, Matt. And I'll keep you posted if I hear something too. <laughs> I was broadcasting a minor league game once. It was a low A game in the Midwest League, and the team I was the manager of the team was a guy by the name of Brian Rupp, and he coached out of third base. And the game's going along, and like two quick outs in an inning, and then all of a sudden a rally starts. And in the middle of the inning, while he's coaching third base, he stops the game and calls his hitting coach to come over and take over for him at third base because he could just not wait any longer and he had to get inside. (laughs) I mean, that is the beauty of that, uh, you know, just baseball in general, that it's just like he can't really stop things. You just got to. You gotta have someone else step in for you and sub for you in those situations. But that that is absolutely phenomenal. All right, Vinny, good stuff as always. Uh, we'll catch up again coming up tomorrow. All right, sounds good, Matt. Thanks. Uh, there's Vinny Rotino, former Brewer and uh, Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst, joining us. 4-2, the Brewers uh, lose in Philadelphia. If you want to join us, 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. We continue on in a moment here on 94.5 ESPN. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. 
Second and third. Nobody out. 3-2 pitch. Swung on line in a right field. Certainly deep enough, I'd think, to get the run in as Castellanos backs up to make the catch. Tagging his Brasso. Throw comes all the way through to the plate, but it's not in time. And also taking off for third is Caratini. He'll reach there. It's a sack fly by McCutcheon. Back at Citizens Bank Park, he has given the Brewers their first lead of the night. It's 2-1 in the seventh. Yeah, McCutcheon got a nice applause before the game. Of course, he had spent some time recently uh, with the Phillies, so they certainly appreciated him. He did. Uh, he had a nice game, not a great game, but a nice game. He finishes out uh, one for three with a double, an RBI, a walk, the sacrifice fly that you just heard. He becomes the third Brewer in club history with a double and a sack fly in the same game in Philadelphia, joining Adam Lind in 2015 and Bill Hall in 2007, and he is the first Brewers leadoff hitter to have a double, a sack fly, and a walk in the same game since Jonathan VR did it in May of uh, 2016 in a game that was played uh, in Atlanta. Some of the other uh, interesting tidbits from this contest, courtesy of uh, baseball historian Doug Kern on Twitter. Uh, Brad Boxberger becomes the first Brewers pitcher with two blown saves in the team's first 14 games, uh, first 14 games excuse me, since uh, Jacob Barnes in 20. 2018. Before that, Trevor Hoffman and Latroy Hawkins each did it in 2010. So uh, a dubious place for uh, Brad Boxberger with the way things went uh, today. Boxberger charged with the blown save. Ashby takes the loss. If you want to join the program, you can do so. 800-990-3776. 800-990-ESPN. That's how you uh, get in contact with us. Coming up in our next segment, uh, we are going to uh, listen into uh, manager Craig Council's post-game comments. I have a hard time evaluating what this team is doing offensively right now. Like, it's not good. I'm not sitting here trying to sugarcoat what they're doing. They're, it's not good, right? Like, it's outside of – here's the thing. Like, I've talked about this a lot. In, a course, in the course of 162 games in Major League Baseball, you kind of become who you're going to be. And – more often than not, if you're winning games or you're losing games, you're still kind of the same team. Now, sometimes there's another pitcher that comes out and, and really mows you down. or We're seeing with this team, maybe you're a little bit different against righties versus uh, lefties, things like that. But you develop that team identity, and you kind of play the game the same way most nights win or loss. Not all nights, but most nights. Right now... It's, these are two different teams from an offensive standpoint when we compare what they're doing in wins and what they're doing in losses. And that's what I'm having really a hard time grasping. So they scored two runs today, and obviously two runs isn't very good. That's actually the first game that they have lost this year since their first loss all the way back on April 7th at Chicago. It is their first loss since opening night or opening day that uh, they have lost a game where they scored more than one run. In their other losses, other than that opening day loss in Chicago, they have scored zero or one runs in all of those games. Yet you look at their wins, they've scored five runs, five runs, four runs, five runs, six runs, six runs, five runs. They scored four in the, the finale against uh, the Pirates, which was the least amount of runs that they had scored in a win. Now, 
is there really that big of a difference between scoring four and five runs and and scoring two runs? It's it's not a ton, but yeah, there. I mean, it's double, right? Like it, it's double. We're not sitting here saying, okay, they're running, they're scoring eight nine runs in all their wins, and they're scoring no or one runs in all their losses. But it's just it's it's they're just two different teams when they win and when they lose for the most part, and. Part of that is the small sample size. Part of that is just the early, you know, it's it's early, and, and things like this are going to kind of get figured out. But it's an odd thing. It's an odd thing because uh, they they don't they haven't scored a lot of runs in, in and you don't score a lot of runs in your losses. But it's just it's been so dramatically different. And the two runs is a little bit disturbing tonight. But I would argue the five hits is more disturbing. No player with more than one hit in the contest. They got to get more hits, but again, like we said earlier, that's a problem across all of Major League Baseball here at the moment. 800-990-3776, 800-990-ESPN. We'll get the post-game comments of manager Craig Council. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. Boxberger comes set. And the 2-2 pitch. Ground ball through the right side and into right field for a base hit. Harper scores. Castellanos around third. Here's the throw to the plate. And Castellanos is in there safely. And the Phillies take a 3-2 lead. 4-2. Brewers fall in Philadelphia. This is Brewers Extra Innings, a special edition here on 94.5 ESPN. When we have conflicts with Bucks basketball, you can hear us here on 94.5 ESPN in case you did not hear. The Bucks did win their game this evening in Chicago, 111-81, and they now lead that series two games to one. Manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago as he opened up his thoughts. He talked about uh, what Philadelphia did, their approach at the plate, their ability to uh, get some hits and drive in some runs, especially in that three-run bottom of the eighth. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they, you know, it's two strikes. They did a good job of putting the bat on the ball. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't make a play that made the inning harder, and um, you know, it wasn't wasn't a lot that happened that inning, but um, that them putting the ball in play, they got rewarded for it. With the way that their lineup is kind of situated with Harper and then Schwarber there, does it just make sense to just leave Ashby in there just to get through those two lefties? Yeah, I mean, that, that was that was that was the thinking. Yes. That from Boxburg was it just a couple of missed pitches there, or. Well, I mean, he got a ground ball and bomb, and I mean, in the right spot again, they got rewarded uh, for putting the ball in play. You said before the game that you know each of your starters has gotten better each time out. How did Freddie do that? Yeah, I mean, I thought you know Freddie probably needed the first inning. I don't think he was probably great the first inning, and then as the just as the game went on, I thought he just got better and better. And it was and it was his fastball that just got better today. Um, I think he 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 just saw the results of what his fastball can do. It was just it was good. It was um, just up, and they were having a hard time kind of being on time for it. Even on some some counts, they knew it was coming. They were late a whole bunch. So he he pitched really good with his fastball tonight. How important is that for him, correctly to establish that pitch again? Yeah, no, it's 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 really big, and it's kind of what we he set out to do today, um, and I think he accomplished that. After that Harper double, I mean, it could have been another first thing that kind of spiraled on him. Uh, how nice did see him? Yeah, no, he made some good pitches. Um, to so just to get himself through that and to kind of get himself into the game. 
just had the chance to first inning against the base board from the out. Um, was it just Suarez? Uh, he seemed to do a really good job of pounding his own inside and then going away with his changeup. Yeah, I mean, we had, you know, we had three at bats with the man at third and less than two, and we didn't put the ball in play. Um, two in the first and and one in the. Uh, I don't know what any was it sixth or seventh. Um, so that was you know that that was you know we missed some opportunities there. Um, you know I thought uh, through some pitches that were questionable um, in in into our guys, but um, you know he, he got out of it. With the McCutcheon slide, was that matter he came off the bag, or did they say he deviated from the path, or what, what did they say? Uh, I mean, that's the that's the rule is you got to be able, you got to stay on the base when you're breaking up double plays. Is there anything that you can ride on uh, Colton? Just he had uh, a stomach bug. It was just that's it. Yeah, not like a not not even a bug, just stomach issues. Yeah. Going back to that, you mentioned there's a play you should have made. Was that the grounder uh, Castellanos? I think it was grounder yeah. third. Yeah. Yeah, it just it just you know it was a little bit of a chopper, and it's a long throw, and it's a it's a tough throw. Um, I, I think there's an out there if we make the throw. Kind of just the, the lefty offense hasn't produced probably like you would have expected. Is it, is it just tough starters on the? How much? Is it uh, well, we had we had some opportunities tonight, and I you know we just didn't we didn't cash in our opportunities. You know, you, you get bases loaded, nobody out in the first, and. I know, we we had we got to cash in on that one. You know that that's that's a big inning to that changes the game changing, you know, inning for them. They put up a zero and um, you know we had we had the right guys up and we couldn't we couldn't cash in unfortunately. Magic Creek Council meeting with the media just a little while ago. Yeah, there's uh, he was kind of given the opportunity there with that question to give credit two left-handed starters, and specifically tonight, uh, Ranger Suarez, who got the start for Philadelphia. And not that Suarez does not deserve credit, but Council talked more about the opportunities that they had that they did not take advantage of. And that's that's been an issue. And you look at the numbers for the Brewers, they go one for eight with runners in scoring position. One for eight, that continues to be an issue. We were talking earlier about how they're two different teams and wins and losses. Go look at what they do with runners in scoring position and most of their losses, and it's not a good number. 4-2, the Brewers fall in Philadelphia to the Phillies. How did it all go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 4-2. Brewers fall short against the Phillies. Starting pitching matchup today. Freddie Peralta going for the crew. Ranger Suarez going for the Phillies. Looked like the Brewers would score in the top of the first inning. Andrew McCutcheon leads the game off with a double. Then Willie Adamas gets a single. That puts runners on at the corners. Christian Yelich then reaches on a fielder's choice, but there's also an error on the play. That results in the bases being loaded. Nobody out. What then happens? Hunter Renfro strikes out. Keston Hira strikes out. And the last hope for the Brewers in the first is Lorenzo Kane. 1-1 pitch. And Kane, a chopper to third. Bohm backhands it and then runs to the bag to retire Adamas. And the inning is over. So Suarez able to get out of it. Brewers had him loaded with nobody out. A couple of strikeouts and a ground out. And the inning is over. 
Yeah, in hindsight, that's a big moment in this game. Brewers cannot get any runs across with the bases loaded and nobody out. Scoreless going to the bottom of the first inning, not scoreless for long. Gene Segura leads the inning off with a base hit. He then moves to second on a ground out in front of Bryce Harper. Freddie's 1-1 pitch. Hit pretty well out to left center field. Kane going back, looking up. It's going to hit off the base of the wall. Segura will jog around third. And the Phillies take a 1-0 lead on the RBI double from Bryce Harper. Freddie Peralta would start to lock in after that. It's that first inning that continues to be a bit of an issue for him. In fact, he would jump back in the second inning and look just spectacular. Would strike out Alec Bohm, would strike out Johan Camargo, and that would bring up Odubel Herrera. Here's the 2-2. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball up and away in 94. And so Freddie Peralta, after giving up the run in the bottom of the first inning, strikes out the side in order with three ortho ASAP strikeouts here in the bottom of the second. Brewers manufacture a run to tie the game up in the top of the third inning. Willie Adamas leads the inning off by walking. The next hitter is Christian Yelich. He has a ground out. Adamas goes first to third on the ground out when nobody is covering third. That's big because Hunter Renfro is the next hitter. Two and two, infield in. The pitch swung on and lifted into right field. It is not very deep. Castellanos is coming in. He'll make the catch hat high. Tagging from third, Adamas. Throw to the plate. Comes in on a hop. Tag not in time. Willie slides underneath the tag of Real Muto. We are tied at one. A sacrifice fly there by Renfro. 1-1 as we move to the bottom of the third, but a bit of a defensive change at this point for the Brewers as Colton Wong comes out of the game. Rowdy Telez goes in to play first, and Hira moves over to second. We later learn that uh, Wong was dealing with a bit of a stomach issue, so that's why his day came to an end a little bit early. Ranger Suarez was rolling along, but he had thrown a lot of pitches. He uh, allows a runner in the fifth inning. Eventually, he would come out of the game. Sir Anthony Dominguez comes in. He gets the final out of the fifth. The game remains 1-1. Freddy Peralta's pitch count was also moving in an upward direction, and he is done after five innings, a strong five innings for Peralta. At that point, Aaron Ashby comes in. Ashby gives up a couple hits in the sixth inning, nothing more. Then Jose Alvarado comes in to pitch the top of the seventh for the Phillies. First batter he faces is Mike Brasso. He walks, then Victor Caratini gets a base hit. Runners on at first and second, then runners on at second and third after a wild pitch. Puts Brasso at third, Caratini at second for Andrew McCutcheon. Second and third. Nobody out. 3-2 pitch. Swung on line in the right field. Certainly deep enough, I think, to get the run in as Castellanos backs up to make the catch. Tagging his Brasso. Throw comes all the way through to the plate, but it's not in time. And also taking off for third is Caratini. He'll reach there. It's a sack fly by McCutcheon. Back at Citizens Bank Park, he has given the Brewers their first lead of the night. It's 2-1 in the seventh. And it seemed key at the moment that Caratini was able to go to third as the throw comes home and it's not cut off. So he's on at third with one out. Just need to get that ball to the outfield to get him home. But Willie Adamas was unable to do that. He strikes out. Next hitter is Christian Yelich. Two to one Brewers. Two out in the seventh inning. Alvarado set at the belt. Here comes his one-two pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out with a cutter. That was a beauty, and that ends the inning. And Alvarado able to limit the damage to just the one run thanks to a couple of strikeouts. 
So the Brewers have a 2-1 lead. Ashby really locks in in the seventh. Gives up a runner on a walk. Nothing more. A couple strikeouts. Brewers go down relatively quietly in the top of the eighth. Bottom of the eighth inning is when things uh, go a little bit in the wrong direction for the Brewers. Ashby continues to pitch. Two strong innings from him. First battery faces Bryce Harper. He kind of dinks a single out to right field. Then Nick Castellanos, he dinks one out to shallow left field. So runners on at first and second. And then same thing happens with JT Ramuto. So not a whole lot of hard contact, but all of a sudden the bases are loaded. Nobody out for Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber strikes out. That's the final out recorded by Ashby. Brad Boxberger then comes in, and the first batter he faces is Alec Bohm. Boxberger comes set, and the 2-2 pitch. Ground ball through the right side and into right field for a base hit. Harper scores. Castellanos around third. Here's the throw to the plate, and Castellanos is in there safely. And the Phillies take a 3-2 lead. Johan Camargo adds an RBI single to make it 4-2. Three runs on five hits in the bottom of the eighth inning for the Phillies. And old friend Corey Knable comes on to pitch the top of the ninth inning. First battery faces Jace Peterson. He grounds out. Then Victor Caratini grounds out. And that makes the former Philly, Andrew McCutcheon, the final hope for the Brewers. The 1-2, swing and a miss. He struck him out with a curveball, and this game ends. So Corey Knable comes on and works through the Brewers. One, two, three in the top of the ninth inning. 4-2 the final. Phillies get the win. They go to 6-8. Brewers drop to 8-6. Winning totals for the Phillies. Four runs, ten hits, one air. They leave nine for Milwaukee. Two runs, five hits, no errors. No home runs hit in this game. The game lasting three hours and 20 minutes played in front of a crowd of 29,285 folks at Citizens Bank Park. Brewers fall in Philadelphia by a 4-2 score. We'll come back. We'll give you some scores from around baseball, and we'll get you set for game two of this series tomorrow afternoon. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on ESPN Milwaukee. 4-2. Brewers fall in Philadelphia. Three of the four Philadelphia runs scoring in the bottom of the eighth inning. An inning the Brewers had a 2-1 lead going into it. Around the NL Central this evening, Pirates and Cubs just wrapped up down at Wrigley and the Pirates. They pick up a 4-2 win, so they've taken the first two games of this series. Jose Quintana starting against his former team. Got the start for the Pirates. Four and two-thirds innings. Two runs on three hits. Chase DeYoung picking up the victory. Uh, for the Cubs, it was Drew Smiley on the mound. Four runs on six hits in five innings of work. And the Cardinals go to 8-4 and four after they knock off the Reds. 4-2, the Reds are horrible. They're now 2-10. and ten. Steven Matz making the start for St. Louis. Five innings, one run, seven hits, six strikeouts, two walks as he goes to 2-1 and one on the season. Around the Brewers, minor leagues, low A Carolina, they lose at home to Lynchburg tonight by a 10-3 score. High A Wisconsin they were scheduled to play at home at Fox City Stadium against Quad Cities due to bad weather. That game was postponed. It'll be made up as part of a doubleheader tomorrow. Double A Biloxi, they score three runs in the top of the ninth inning. They win at Birmingham by a 6-5 score. And Nashville, they knock off Charlotte 12-2. Another good performance from Ethan Small, who is now 2-0 with a point. 
4-9 ERA. We are going to see Small in Milwaukee, I would say sooner than later. I say that also clearly there's not a whole lot of room for pitchers on this roster. In fact, the Brewers are going to have to drop a couple pitchers from the roster when the uh, roster is taken down from 28 to 26 on May 1st. So uh, I don't know when we'll see Small, but my goodness, it's... um, He's putting up some really, really good numbers. All right, the Brewers and the Phillies will play game two of this series coming up tomorrow afternoon. Adrian Hauser will make the start for the crew. Right-hander 0-2, but a good 2.89 ERA. Zach Wheeler makes the start for Philadelphia. It's been a slow start for him this season. He's also 0-2, but he has an ERA three and a half times that of Hauser as it sits at 9.39. We're back on WTMJ tomorrow, so 305 for first pitch. The network coverage will begin at 2.30. I'll be with you for Brewers warm-up beginning just after the 2 o'clock news, and then I'll be back with you tomorrow for Brewers extra innings. Once again, Brewers fall to the Phillies by a 4-2 score. Thanks for being tuned in tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow for more Brewers baseball back over on WTMJ.